Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to our January 31st Mindset Q&A call here at Tribe Thrive with Wealthy Woman Warrior. And of course, we're always happy to be here. Uh, Heather Cavanaugh and myself are here answering your questions that you've submitted today. And um, we actually have some really great questions this week that um, two of them were submitted at the beginning of the week on, on Monday, actually. And it made me kind of think about, um, well, it just made me think about how we perceive things and, and what we do. And so I'm excited to dive into them and welcome Heather. And I'm sorry that you're, you're a little bit congested today, but we love you for being here and um, for helping us out today. Great. I'll speak softly and I'll speak as long as I can. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's, um, let's just dive into the first question. Um, the first question that came in was, is mindset a permanent part of your makeup or can you change it? So Heather, I'm curious to know your take on this and um, let's start with you and then um, depending on your voice then I happily jump in. Um, I think it's a great question. Um, it's a fundamental question. And um, fully 100% um, mindset is something that you can um, learn, train, practice, change, alter, develop, any word that you want to use. Uh, you can absolutely change it. It isn't something that is um, permanent uh, as, as because, because you, you write it. Now, having said that, you fit into one of two types of mindsets. You have a predilection to choose one type of thinking, prolific or fixed, but anything is changeable. Um, and actually believing that you can actually learn and change is part of thinking prolifically um, when it comes to mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, like anything else, there's work involved in changing it. There's acknowledging that you want to change something before you can change it. Um, there's even acknowledging that mindset is a something that you want to harness and develop, but uh, it is absolutely changeable. Yeah, cool. So I think the other thing, too, that's important to look at when we're talking about mindset is um, also looking at the difference between personality mindset. And I, I kind of wonder when I, when I read this, um, when I read this question, I thought, huh, I wonder if there's a bit of mix up on what the difference is. And so I thought I'd just kind of bring that in because I think it's important for us to look at how the two um, complement each other, but they're actually quite different. So for me, um, you know, mindset is, is really a belief that allows you to handle your situations. And um, so if you look at um, any sort of mindset, whether it's fixed or prolific, um, there's a couple of other definitions of, of um, mindset um, categories, if you will. But really mindset is what allows us to sort out what's happening around us um, and then how we're gonna behave, what actions we're gonna take how we're going to react or how we're going to respond. And it's our mindset that helps us spot opportunities, 
It's our mindset that helps us identify what it is that we want, what it is that we feel is possible for ourselves. And our mindset can also keep us in self-defeating cycles. So a fixed mindset being um, a place where we typically struggle and believe that we're stuck or we believe that there's only one possible outcome or we believe that um, there's, you know, what is, is what is. We have to choose either or versus a prolific mindset, which um, allows you to think outside the box, allows you to look at, okay, so this is the challenge, but where do I get to the next solution? Um, it allows you to look at a problem and instead of just picking either or, you can choose both. You can look at how you can dynamically move through that. So, um, you know, mindset is really the, the process of looking at what's happening around you and then how you're going to handle what's happening around you. And so that's why mindset is so important. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, um, corporate or entrepreneurial or whether you're a mom or whether you're single or, you know, whether you're female or male, mindset is a massive part of what motivates you to take action or motivates you to stay stuck. That's um, why I didn't want to call it a skill because it's, yeah. it's bigger than a skill. It's bigger than a habit. Yes, you can develop a skill. Yes, you can learn a skill. But with mindset, uh, you already have it. You already have some form of thinking. You just yeah. maybe haven't identified if it's working for you. Does it have a name? Is it a system I really liked uh, that, that, that's um, producing the results that, that are you're looking for? Yeah. And that's bigger than a skill. But you can grow it. You can change it. You can develop it. Um, based on practices, ways sure. of thinking, new opportunities. Absolutely. So, and mindset, remember, is is really um, it is developed, right? Your it's your brain and your neural pathways that, as you exercise the two different types of mindset, you actually are able to change the way that you think. And most of us aren't aware of the fact that our thoughts change our DNA. So that leads us into what the difference is between mindset and personality. And personality, um, now personality, it's interesting because it totally depends on the school of thought that, you, that you're, you've been trained in. Um, but personality, when, when I went through my, my degree in, in psychology, personality was often defined as unchangeable. It was defined as the traits that you were born with. And um, you know, they'd categorize it. I think, you know, Heather, you were kind of lending to that too, where, you know, people tend to either be analytical or social or a going extroverted, introverted, you know, we have all of these, we have the DISC protocols, we have the Enneagrams, we have all of these different ways to identify our personality traits. Um, and most people will say that personality typically doesn't change. Um, but mindset does. Now, I don't know that I'm 100% on board with that definition because I believe that based on neuroplasticity, based on what we're now seeing with our neuroscience and um, looking at how we can actually shift the way that our pathways and the way that our emotional centers are triggered, um, I believe that personality, even though we're born innately with a, a type of personality, 
Um, I believe that we can shift things that we don't like about our personalities. And I believe that that happens through developing mindset, which goes back to what you were saying, Heather, that, that, um, you know, it's more than just a skill. It's, it's literally something that we're developing and working through and, and managing. So, um, I don't know that I would say that mindset is more important than personality. I don't know that one is over the other. I think that we need mindset to help us um, move into what we want versus staying stuck in what we've got. Um, Heather, yeah, how do you want to? Because we're, we're always actively thinking. I mean, mindset <laughs> is the way in which you view the world, the, the way, and you're processing it. Those are your thoughts. Your thoughts are judgments, decisions. Um, so it's, to me, it's, it's, it's so much bigger than, um, even aspects of, you know, you talk about your personality, even aspects of your, of your personality, whether they're beliefs or values, those, those are pretty ingrained or innate, as you stated earlier, whereas mindset is, is, is how you're, how you're choosing and you can choose yeah. to, and you can choose new beliefs and you, but it's, you're, you're always thinking it's not something you're always drawing upon how I am viewing my world. It's, it's just, it's, it's part of the automatic color filter that is, is, is part of how you see the world. Um, sure. And to me, that's very different than aspects of your personality or um, beliefs that are maybe a little more further ingrained um, that we don't draw on every single moment of every single day. Whereas you're thinking all the time. Yeah. And I don't think anybody talks about how to train our thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like even through, you know, our degrees, even through our um, standardized educational systems, nobody pulls you aside and says, Hey, um, you're not thinking positively or you're not thinking prolifically, or you're not thinking in a way that's going to help you get what you want. Or, um, hey, did you know that when you have a thought, you might have eight sub-thoughts? And oh, and by the way, as you age, you actually have more thoughts that are happening because you have more responsibilities. You have more things that you're trying to juggle. You have, um, you know, all of these <laughs> pieces to life that all of a sudden are there that you didn't actually have in your early 20s or maybe even in your early 30s. And all of a sudden, you know, life transitions. And, um, you know, when we talk about how the brain is wired and we talk about how the male brain has compartments and the female brain is kind of all jumbled and wired together, um, like a, a big ball of yarn or a big ball of electrical wire, um, you know, it, it's telling that your thinking then is also what's governing governing the way that you're handling your situations. But if nobody's ever taught you how to think or taught you how to handle um, your emotional responses within a situation, you will continuously be predetermined to respond in the way that you watched your adult figures, mentors, parents, um, handle situations. It's why typically in, in um, work situations, we do what our direct manager does, or we do what our CEO does, or we do what our colleagues do. Um, or what our latest training 
Yeah. They, what are, they, yeah. they took us on. Yeah. But, and we just say, okay, I'm going to do the five things. Yeah. I, I, when I think about them, I think they're not me or, but we just do them. We just do them, right? Because that's what we've been told to do. And I think that that's actually one of the reasons that we have so much stuckness as the world around us is changing because people are not aware that they're able to choose how they think and therefore choose how they respond. Um, so I, I think, you know, going back to the question, um, mindsets are definitely not permanent. Um, you definitely can change them. And the one last thing that I would say is that practicing mindset over a couple of days, practicing mindset over, you know, a week, um, you're not going to get the results that you want. Like this stuff takes daily practice. And I think that because we also live in the society where we expect results and we expect everything now, I think a lot of people will take a training and then adopt it. And then that's what essentially gets us back in those self-defeating cycles. And so I think mindset and even being on these calls or listening to these calls is helping you, right? It's, it's allowing you to think about things, to digest the content and go, okay, wait a second, what am I actually choosing or how am I actually responding to this? And if I'm not responding, I'm typically overreacting. So what can I do about it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anything else you want to add to that, Heather, before um, we hop into our next call? Or no, next, um, no, next question. But I know, but I, I like what you said about it's, it's more than a two day activity. Uh, it's more just, it's more than just a passing fancy. Um, I think if you stop to think about it, and of course, the, the listeners and the people in the call are participating. And so they're learning as they go along. Um, this for me, I found so much easier to sink my teeth into than just meditation mm-hmm. is mind set activities. And I know there's tons of things that we can do under the aspect of training, but um, I really feel like I'm a type A person and I like lists and checks and all those. I really, I I like the science and the direction. It really helps me understand that this is something really important um, that I'm developing. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what you're referring to is, is Inc, our inner navigation center that we teach in the power to thrive course. And, um, and I think that lends to mindset, right? And I think, um, you know, just on, uh, just to contribute to, to what you're saying, I think the reason you love it is because it's systematized, right? And, and for a lot of meditations or a lot of, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, please. <laughs> um, but I think for a lot of us, you know, we need structure. I, I've always said structure dictates function and that systems create opportunities for us so that our brain because otherwise our brain is on autopilot, right? Otherwise we are stuck in our patterns. We're stuck in whatever it is that we've been doing for X amount of years. And if we wanted to be able to change that, we need a system so that our mind can actually think in a different pattern. So, um, and I love that, you know, I love, I love that we can do that and do that in um, not only like our personal life, but also the way that we're approaching our um, professional and, and how we're handling, you know, um, 
I was listening to some women at our ski club on the weekend and they were talking about how they were handling um, situations at work and challenging situations at work. Like these aren't little situations that, you know, th these are massive decisions. These are massive um, managerial changes. And um, listening to how they were handling it, the emotional component that was tied into it, the thought processes behind it, the challenges of not having control over how the other person receives the information. Um, you know, really the only way that we're going to excel in anything is to work on what we're capable of doing. And, and that comes down to our mindset, right? That comes down to controlling our thoughts, our responses, and how we're showing up in our environment. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, let's head into question number two. Um, I liked this question. This is the question that I was referring to when, I, when we first started our call today. And the question is, do people with a fixed mindset or a stuck mindset simply lack confidence? Yeah, that, I, I thought that was, again, I thought that was a really good question because um, I hadn't thought of it myself. And uh, so I thought who, whoever is thinking on that stream um, is, is digging really deep um, and asking a great question. Um, what I'd like to suggest is that the answer is no, um, because your mindset, a system, a, a, a way of thinking, a way of seeing the world, um, isn't necessarily based on confidence, how I feel. Um, someone with low self-esteem or less self-confidence than another um, might be more fragile or more easily undermined by setbacks or effort, um, but that's not driving um, how they necessarily how they view the world. That's how they feel about themselves, but their view for how they um, see the world is can still be about learning and changing and growing and developing. Um, but they may be harder on themselves. That, that's a whole nother ball of emotionality and, um, uh, and it's, they aren't necessarily linked together. So you can have a fixed mindset and suffer from lower self-esteem or, or, or be an introvert or, um, again, we're into sort of characteristics and behaviors versus how I view the world. Um, and it isn't, it isn't necessarily the same. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, somebody who has a prolific mindset versus a fixed mindset can still struggle with having good self-confidence. Like, I think that self-confidence is something that um, it totally depends on what we're approaching. Um, most people look at me, and, and I've had this my entire life, but they've always looked at me and they've always said, oh, you are so self-confident. And I think the reason that most people peg me as that is because I'm tall. I am a very tall woman. I am just under six feet. And most people, just because of the perception of how tall I am, look up to me and then assume that because I'm tall, I'm self-confident. But anytime I've had to try something new, anytime I've had to learn something, anytime I've had to adopt behavior, anytime I've had to um, um, get out of my comfort zone, 
I have lacked confidence a hundred percent. And I know that what has often saved me is the mindset, right? That's, that's what's allowed me to, in the heat of the moment when I'm struggling and that could be in front of presentations um, you know, definitely when I first started doing like live video or any of that stuff, I was terrified. Um, but my mindset is what actually kept me going. My mindset is what kept me in a place of calm. It was being able to look at the situation and go, okay, if I approach this from the perspective that you know, nothing bad is going to happen. And regardless of the outcome, I'm going to learn something or regardless of, you know, what I want to have happen. Um, if I just keep showing up and keep trying, eventually things are going to, um, change. Eventually my, my, um, capability and my self-confidence are going to meet because I've done it enough times that I can confidently deliver something or I can confidently try something. Um, you know, all of you have heard me liken things to skiing because I'm learning how to ski in <laughs> my late thirties and now my early forties. And, um, you know, I was saying to my husband as we were getting on the chairlift the other day, I remember just last year, I used to be so terrified that I was going to end up at the top of the, the hill and like flat out because I wasn't careful with my poles or I didn't have my ski tips up or I wasn't thinking about my gear properly. And I remember even just getting to the top of the hill every single time with my group that I was working with or learning with and thinking, whew, I made it to the top and I didn't fall and I didn't make anybody else fall. And that to me was a success. <laughs> so, you know, I think with mindset, and now I have the confidence. Now, every time I get off the chairlift, I don't even think about getting off the chairlift. I just get off the chairlift. And that I think is self-confidence um, versus a, a fixed mindset or a stuck mindset. And I guess if I was focused only on the fixed position, then I would continue to keep my mindset only on, okay, do I have all my gear? Um, am I gonna make everybody fall? Um, is this going to turn into a disaster? And, and hopefully that's um, a, a good way to see the difference between self-confidence and maybe stuck mindset or, or fixed mindset. Heather, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, a lot of people say incredibly self-confident and I would actually say that that is, that is not. I am just willing to stick my neck out. Uh, maybe more than the next person. Sure. Um, I, I'm willing to say yes more than the next person, but um, you know, by no means do I have this raving um, score of, of high, super confident. Uh, I'm just as infallible as I believe the rest of us are. Um, but I do say yes to everything. I do know that you know positivity frames a much different interaction day um then 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 a negative one would uh and so that's just how i choose to approach mm -hmm. and then view the environment around you uh and the people around you yeah it takes training yeah absolutely um 
Okay, so I think I think we handled that. I think we tackled that one pretty well. The next question is, how, and this one again, it was like just great questions this week. Um, how is mindset passed from generation to generation, and why does it seem impossible to break free from what you grew up in? And this is a loaded one for me. Um, in many, for many, many reasons, um, you know, I have I have a very German background, very uh, German Austrian background, and um, so I grew up in a household that you know you you only did things one way, and um, you know probably don't laugh, but you know up until my early thirties, I still ironed underwear and sheets, and you know things that were ridiculous that that clearly I didn't need to be doing, but was doing because. I had been taught that, right? I, I had done those motions over and over and over again, um, simply because that's what I was raised with. And um, we see this all the time. We see this with mothers and daughters. We see this again, you know, I had referred to it in one of our earlier questions where we were talking about, um, you know, we, we tend to follow what our, um, our mentors or the people that are leading us do. And so what, uh, researchers have shown is that, you know, in utero until the age of five, um, that is when we are essentially um, learning what we believe is true. And um, it's how it shapes our mindset to what we repeat and how we respond. So, if you've ever lost your mind in a certain way that reflects the way that your parents had lost their minds, um, that is, you know, part of, of that uh, DNA being replicated and, and being uh, shaped. And um, I think it can be more challenging to break free um, because it's easier to repeat those patterns. But I also believe that everyone has the choice to show up in a different way. And um, I, I catch myself on this on a day-to-day -day basis. In our family, we call, um, we have a specific name for something, and it's called the wall of no. And the wall of no is essentially when you ask somebody either to do something or to try something, or um, you want to, I don't know, venture out somewhere outside of what the norm is. And the instant reaction is no, without consideration, without um, even entertaining the idea. And so, you know, that's something that I see all, I see it all the time. I see it in my husband. I see it in myself. Both of us have, um, you know, people in our families that, that um, did that. And so sometimes the two of us look at each other and we go, ooh, <laughs> wall of no. <laughs> because that's, you know, it, it is what we're, what we're used to. But I also think that we consciously choose and every single time somebody comes to us, especially our children, when they come to us with something, it is a choice to go, okay, am I just instantly going to respond no, or am I going to entertain it? And in that moment, like those are millisecond 
moments, nanosecond moments. That is um, what we're talking about. And that is really, that comes down to training the mind to take a pause, take a breath, and not just stay on autopilot. Yeah, for certain. I, I mean, we are a product of our environments. Um, and most influential when we're children, our caregivers, I think they say the same-sex parent is actually even the most yeah. um, uh, influential person. And so, and, and, and we learn language by modeling what we hear. So, like it, it, it's, it, you, you can't fight that part of, of how we develop and, 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 and then what we take in and, and our experience, that's our experience. And so that then becomes um, just a part of our existence. But you can change that. So I grew up in a house of tremendous worry. Um, now, I knew once I got older, and I mean older, like when I went to university and, you know, when you start meeting other people's parents and um, you start asking to go out to parties and things like that, that, I mean, I always thought my mom, there was a lot of worry, but there was a lot of worry. <laughs> like, People was like, like had no parents. Um, um, and I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that because there was so much anxiety and so much wrapped up in the what ifs and the what ifs. So at some point you recognize I'm okay with that. I don't want it, or I can, I can, I can, I can leave it in certain situations, but then you have to do the work to stop it because there is an innate rehearsed habitual response to respond based on what I've done before. So it's taken a long time to stop being a worrier. Um, even though I didn't want to do it, even though at 46, I know I don't want to do it. Um, there is a certain amount that I, 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 I can't seem to escape, but I think there's also a certain amount that maybe is in there for safety. Um, and, and that that last little bit is actually okay. Now, crazily enough, I married a warrior. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> um, so I don't, I, I don't know what that cycle says. Um, but you, you can, you know, break free is what um, the, the submitter uh, had, 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 had wrote. And, you know, that sort of seems that I can, I can, we can rip off the suit or I can break it open. It's probably going to take a little more work than that to change something because it is so deeply ingrained uh, and imprinted uh, on your brain. Uh, it's why in the heat of the moment you, can you come out and you say things that you have never, ever, ever said, but are the things your parents say when I have to stop this car and, and you know, talk to you three kids. And you're like, oh my God, like I channeled my father. Like where did that come from? <laughs> because it is, it is so imprinted on your brain. But you can change it. And part of the mindset training and the tools and the skills you learn are the ability to recognize your thoughts. That's, it starts with there. To recognize the feelings that come with your thoughts. Is this an anxiety-producing thought? Am I going somewhere? How can I stop? How can I interrupt? And then what kinds of tools or uh, alternative um, choices, behaviors um, can I make to do what it is I really want to do instead of just operating on autopilot. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it makes me think of the, the elephant um, that's chained to the stake, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
in circuses, you see this all the time where you have the elephant and the one leg is chained to this little stake. And we, we know that an elephant um, could easily just walk away and that stake would, you know, go with it. <laughs> it wouldn't be a big deal. But that's really what we're, what I think you're asking is like, you know, how do you break free from the, the, what you grew up in? That's also breaking free from subconscious patterning. And, um, and I think that, you know, that, that has, it requires training. It requires looking at things different. It requires being open to the pause and, um, being open to feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we're in a culture as well where we have decided that feeling is bad. We've decided that um, if you feel like, oh boy, that's the end of things. And, um, and so what have we done? We've, we've learned to like push all of that feeling down, hold it all in. And um, feeling has to go somewhere. You know, it comes out in funny times. It comes out when we're not at our best. It comes out when we're tired. Um, it comes out when we're stressed. And so, you know, if we're looking at um, breaking free, um, I think that comes in the perspective of learning how to push pause and feel into a situation and instead of just reacting, consciously choose how we're going to show up. And um, I think it's interesting because whether it's in a classroom, whether it's in a career, whether it's in relationships, um, every situation is going to call for, you know, some elements of that subconscious personality showing up whether it is, you know, do I look dumb again? Um, am I smart enough? Will I be accepted? Am I going to be rejected? Um, you know, is this the same situation as what happened with this situation? Um, am I going to succeed? Am I going to fail? All of those pieces, they, they're the sub thoughts. They're the pieces that are playing out in our mind. And based on what happened before, we can either assume that it's going to happen again, or we can choose um, to look from a different angle, to look through a different lens. And um, it's funny, I you know I had this conversation with with a woman who is a baby boomer, and um, at one point she argued with me, and she was like, "Andrea, that's so Pollyanna of you. That's you know you're looking at your world through rose-colored glasses." And my response to her was, well, I appreciate your perspective, but how often have you been told that thinking positively is a Pollyanna approach to life? How often have you been told that, you know, thinking outside of the box is, well, you're going to fail because you've got your rose colored glasses on. Um, and just putting that question back to her, she actually, you know, she stopped for a second and was like, oh, well, wait, actually, that's what I've been told my whole life. 
but we don't ever think about stuff like that, do we? Like, you know, these are the things that I'm, that I think are so important for us to look at and go, okay, well, we don't have to respond the same way. We don't have to be like our whomever, mom, dad, aunt, whatever that is. Right. Um, yeah. You touch on an interesting aspect, which is, um, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, your mindset, it, it is, this is Pollyanna or this positive thinking. I mean, it, it can't really, it can't really be that simple, um, you know, from a naysayer's perspective. But, um, you know, thinking positively is just one of the positive reminders about how I'm going to view my today, my minute, my hour, my week, my challenges. It doesn't erase the fact that I have challenges. It just changes what I'm going to do about them? Am I going to let them overwhelm me or am I going to ch chunk them down, um, you know, throw away the worry stone because worry just creates more anxiety because it doesn't solve anything. It's just wasted energy. I believe it's just wasted energy. Um, energy that can be put into something else. So it, it, you know, that being positive sounds so simple, but, um, you know, just think of it as that, that one interruption or um, uh, um, compliment to, to keep you in that open frame of mind for what you're going to do. Um, because the alternative is what we've probably already been doing. And um, things do begin simply that doesn't mean they're not complex sure yeah i yeah. I, I find that that's one of the constant nay say comments that comes back is it, it just can't be that simple and it, it it's not that simple but that's the start yeah yeah absolutely and and you know it's interesting too because part of me wonders as well okay so we're if we're looking at um you know the the difference between Gen Xers, boomers, millennials. Um, I also kind of think, okay, so when we look at the millennial who typically has a more positive outlook on life than a boomer or even a Gen Xer, um, where is the positive outlook then also keeping them stuck because they haven't actually looked at how they're going to take what they're thinking about and put it into action, right? So it's like what we have is this really interesting spectrum, in my opinion. And this is just my opinion. This is me just talking out loud here. But it's like the boomers were the ones who worried and saw that everything was black or white. There was only one way of doing it, you either did it right or it wasn't done at all. Um, it was either good or bad. Lots of judgment. Lots, lots of, of judgment. Shame. Lots of shame. Yep. Gen Xers were kind of like stuck in the middle. And I think we explored where we were going to maybe do things differently because we were the latchkey kids. We had to figure out things on our own. Um, it was the first generation where we basically raised ourselves. And then we had all of these, hey, like, let's bust open these mindsets. And now, you know, we've, we've talked to um, 
a wide variety of millennials and the millennials are like, Hey, we can do anything. We can conquer anything. Um, but they the action from it isn't there. So it, it's just curious. It's a really curious way to look at it. Um, and I'd be curious to even look at, okay, so what are we breaking free from um, generationally? In each generation, there's something that we're trying to break free from. Um, what is that? That's a good point, because I obviously automatically just went back to my own experience. Um, but uh, yeah, that is on a whole Holding range level. of spectrums, depending upon where you are or, or how intense your generational circumstances and situations uh, might have been. Um, yeah. And even, you know, yeah. Yeah. And even depending on where you were raised in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that every situation calls for, um, in a way, a confirmation that we're like on the right track. And maybe if we started shifting the need to have something confirmed versus just trying, that might be the mindset shift that's enough to get us to start going and start looking for, um, instead of having to prove right or wrong, that doing something different can actually get us the result that we're wanting. Well, you know, I'm a huge proponent and it all comes down to action. So that's great. We can talk about it. We can think about it. We can write about it. We can attach emotions to it. We can explore our emotions. We can name it. We can smoke it. We can, (laughs) but at some point the conversation ends and you have to go back out into the real world. And so now what am I going to do? So, um, you know, so what now, what, um, what am I going to do? You have to do something and you can do the same thing. You don't have to change, but that was not going to move you forward. So what are you going to do? That's going to give you movement towards where you want to be. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's where, that is where the penny drops, uh, Mm -hmm. based on what you decide to do and it comes down to action. So, um, but a real, this mindset is that your thoughts determine your actions. They frame what you believe and they frame what you're going to do. So it is connected. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. like looking at it from the perspective too, of like, are we hungry for approval? Are we hungry for, um, what we know? Are we hungry for repetition? Or are we hungry for change? Are we hungry for um, the outcome that we've been trying to get to? And I always say, you know, like, where's the vision? What is it that you're focusing on? Um, Because that changes the dynamic as to how we show up. So if we're always just looking for approval, are we ever going to be able to do something different? No. Yeah, because... I, I, I'm looking for something a that's outside of myself, um, and and I'm I'm I'll, I'll probably never be satisfied with approval because I have no control over it other than um, striving for it in a rather continuous <clears throat> process. Uh, yeah, interesting interesting thoughts. Um, 
especially when you factor in the whole generational, um, perhaps a, a ethnicity or even a, you know, a religious connotation. It's bigger than, it's bigger than a bread box. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, for me, the breaking free was just an interesting choice of words um, mm -hmm. because uh, sounds like you want change right? Because you feel it's something that perhaps is holding you back or has been a deterrent to getting where you want or, or, or achieving what it is that you're looking for. Um, but I don't think it's as simple uh, as a one act step of breaking free, unfortunately, like, like most things in life. <laughs> uh, there's some time and some practice um, that needs to be invested. Um, but uh, every step forward is a step of progress. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I th and I think that's you know you summed it up so well. It is it is just taking um, one step at a time, and and um, and each step leads you to more, right? Um, I know some of you might laugh at me for saying this, but um, you know my my daughter and I watched Snow White at uh, no sorry Cinderella at Christmas time, and. Um, you know, one of the things that they say in that movie is, you know, have courage and be kind. And that really stuck with me, you know, regardless of the fairy tale and all of the jazz around it and all the beliefs that we can take in around that. I, I really took that one statement and, um, you know, we, we talked about it from the perspective of what does it mean to have courage? What does it mean to keep going even when it feels like something is really hard or that you're failing. You know, I, I often, um, you know, at our dinner table, we always talk about celebrating the suck. And um, what that means is like, we have to celebrate the stuff that sucked during our day so that we don't always revert to needing to be perfect because the world isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Perfection doesn't really exist. But if we have courage and, um, instead of looking for that approval, we look for um, learning, we look for the relationship to what it means to achieve something, what it means to fail, what it means to celebrate the sack, and what it means to be able to look at something and go, okay, well, maybe this didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but what have I learned and where can I take my learning? So I don't think it's just enough to say, okay, well, I learned something today. I think it's like, okay, well, what do I do with that? How do I take knowledge, convert it into wisdom, and take that wisdom to make my life and this world a better place? And um, some might think that that's a Pollyanna statement, but I believe that we're all here for a purpose. I, you know, I truly do. I, I believe that every single one of us, regardless of how big our ripple effect is. We have a ripple effect on everyone that we meet, um, whether that's known or unknown. And, um, you know, I ran into this woman the other day and she was one of the first people I met when I moved to Toronto. And when I first moved here, I found Torontonians so cold. Nobody ever looks up from the <laughs> concrete. Nobody ever smiles. It was weird to me. And even in our, in our neighborhood that begets a really great reputation for being friendly, it felt that way coming from Calgary. And she was the first woman who smiled at me. How ridiculous is it that that's what I 
I didn't know her name. You know, this three years later, I ran into her on the same sidewalk and I actually stopped her and said, thank you for smiling at me. Three years ago, you smiled at me. And I, when I thought that I had moved to a place that I didn't know how I was going to handle. And we forget those things. We forget that sometimes a smile is enough to completely transform somebody's life. I come from a small town. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to everybody and I think most Torontonians think I'm... Right. Exactly. They think you're off. crazy because yeah. you talk to people, you smile at people. I know. And if that's what crazy is, I am happy. I am happy yeah. to be a part of the friendly contingent Absolutely. Um, because I meet all kinds of fabulous people. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Well, I think that we've done, I think we've tackled those three questions mm -hmm. today and um, I love your questions. So make sure that you register for the upcoming um, calls. You can do that by heading into the Q&A mindset area and you'll see them all posted um, for our month of February. Um, today, in fact, you can go ahead and register for them so you can be on the call live. You can also continue to submit your questions before noon every Wednesday um, so that at 1.30 we can be here and with you to share our answers to your questions on mindset. Thanks so much, everyone. It was wonderful being with you, and I look forward to our next call. Bye for now.